explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome to another episode of Cinenauts Exploring the Criterion. This week, we are kicking off a new exploration with my pick, which is uh, Manila in the Claws of Light from 1975, directed by Lino Bracca. Um, I picked it because it was one of the two films from my homeland of the Philippines in the Criterion Collection. So I said, you know what? It's time we go here. And after watching yeah. it, I sincerely apologize to anyone else going through a life crisis after watching this movie um and for whatever picks come out of this because it was not a light one but i enjoyed it i'm glad we watched it yeah uh but we'll talk about that in just a little bit um before we get to that let's catch up uh boom what did you watch this week oh boy um didn't watch a lot to be honest Mm -hmm. but I caught the first three episodes of the new season of The Boys, Mm, which just dropped. Well, I mean, speaking of heavy, obviously The Boys is very, um, it's a fucking, it's a lot. Like It's a lot. (laughs) It's an absolute riot. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's like one of the most entertaining shows on television right now. Um... And it's absolutely wild, but Mm -hmm. they still somehow make it fun. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think they're just amping it all the way up. You know, they're, you know, just going as fast as they can. Exploding heads, exploding bodies everywhere, uh, as is the boys' style. Uh, But I'm excited for this season. I'm a little concerned about I like, do you watch? Do either of you watch? I I didn't finish season two. Like I I want to, but I stopped it for some reason and we just never got back to it. Okay, okay. I won't like I think it's too probably too fresh to like start talking about plot stuff. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. It just came out this week. It just came out and they're doing like slower release week by week, which I'm stoked about. But yeah, overall, very excited. A little concerned about like some plot points but i think it's gonna be fun and ridiculous uh and mm-hmm. explosive no matter what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so i did that and then i also watched under the banner of heaven which oh. i started with ma- m- much enthusiasm and then finished out of necess- necessity because i was like i just mm. want to know but i also just need it to be over um but i know like ian i know you really liked it so, i liked it a lot yeah yeah um, I, I feel like I landed medium on it. Like, I think it was entertaining. I just, some of it, or sorry, I don't, sorry, not that it was entertaining. Like there were just parts of it that I just, I thought it dragged a bit and some of like the talking or flashbacks and things like that mm. kind of yeah. lost me, but I honestly mm. had like. I don't have much to reference, so I'm like, I don't really know what they're talking about. Um, right. I liked it because, as you all know, I'm famously anti-true crime. Mm. Um, mo- I-, I liked it because it's like it was it's it's a true story or it's it's actually it's mostly true. They're actually they take a fair amount of liberties. Um, yeah. Like Andrew Garfield is not a real person. They, he kind of like the the author or the the showrunner of the show sort of he was like an ex-mormon so he i think he used andrew garfield as like his perspective okay. um but uh yeah i just like it because it's a it was a true story you know it wasn't like i don't know Super. it just felt much better to me to watch i guess in a way yeah. it's kind of weird I feel- um garf was also like um i mean everyone i thought was amazing but like garfield better win an emmy golden globe whatever for that yeah i feel like it'll probably be a shoo-in for him like he did do quite good although i wasn't obsessed with his character like i thought he, it was very just like oh a man like being tested and his faith being tested and like i thought his face just kind of looked like this the whole time like he was just like 
confused, like browse furrowed, like you know. I, I yeah, I it, and I almost wish it was like told from a different perspective, like the uh, the perspective of um I don't know, like the stories of the women were like far more interesting mm-hmm. to me than mm-hmm. anything going on with like the like the culty stuff and and all of yeah. that. Um so I think I would have loved to see it maybe shifted to their mm. perspective a little bit stronger, but again, solid like enjoyed yeah. it andrew garfield and um fuck his partner yeah yeah both very good i can't remember anyone's name yeah they were great scene partners like some of the yeah, stuff at really the good. in like the last few episodes mm-hmm. i was like all right okay yeah. so yeah, yeah yeah agreed uh nice um catcher yeah what do you watch this week not much busy at work yeah, restaurant. That's life. right, restaurant life. I actually cook stuff from the on the menu now. Hey, congrats! Um, wow, look at you go. It's mostly toasting bread, and and toasting scallops and things. But I'm plating and stuff like that, making salads. Oh, nice! Wow. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, you're a visual person. Plating seems like that would be a yeah. natural thing for you to do. Yeah, exactly. So that's good. And I uh, best bet that's it's the best toasted bread on the island. Listen, no, no. Hot, no like crusty bread you know i make sure it's toasted nicely but it's still soft to eat you know you don't want to have that yeah. like overly hard Music toasted to bread ears. you know that's not nice yeah it, it's an art form it know? is it is um the only thing i did really watch was uh love death and robots i oh, watched nice. a bunch of shorts from that ne- mm-hmm. uh that netflix series i love that series um mm-hmm. The last, the previous season, which I think was season three, maybe, um, was, it was sort of like, okay, okay, what are we doing? Like, I don't really, there was nothing about that that sort of seemed exciting. Um, But this time around, I haven't finished all of them, but most of them have been great. I've really enjoyed them. Um, Nice. Some of the stories are a little bit meh, um, but they have some like big name um actors voicing characters mm-hmm. in some of them and just they're mostly a visual treat so i would mm. if you like previous ones they would say check it out um and the only other thing is i'd like to give a big shout out to adam he's uh sort of the guy backing the restaurant uh he has a restaurant called la Quercha in kitsilana which is like just outside of downtown vancouver in where? Uh, Kitsilano. Kitsilano. It's where Kitsilano. Uh, Seth Rogen is from. He grew up in that area. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. Um, there was just, uh, they were just named number 32 on uh, Canada's top 100 best restaurants. Damn. Uh, wow. In the country. That's pretty impressive. So number 32 nice. went to La Quercia, And then another restaurant that he backed called Oka, which is... Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, a restaurant, yeah, that he backed. They're like a pasta restaurant. They're number twenty three, so he's got two, wow. nice. two in the in the top fifty. You know, top one hundred. So, not to brag, but I've eaten at both of those restaurants, and they are okay. amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're look. You know, we're, we have no high hopes other than just making it through this season. But you know, we'd like to hey. show him proud and. The food we're cooking is yeah. really great. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the teams there at La Quercia uh, and Oka because well, well done. Well done. Cong- congrats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Hopefully your your restaurant will be on the list soon. That would be Slowly amazing. Slowly turning honestly. into a restaurant podcast, a restaurant review. We do How everything many pods here. can we be? What about you? Um, what did you watch? Let's see. On my, I'd watch. Oh, yeah. I don't watch <laughs> yeah. uh, too much this week. Um, I did watch Romeo Must Die. I don't know why I put oh, that on, but I did. Because you love fun yeah, and enjoy like fun. life. And my thoughts around that, I haven't seen it since it came out, but it's hilarious because that movie had such a tight window to be made. Oh, yeah. And they made it within that window. Oh uh, and it's hilarious. It's great. It was super fun to watch. Like the X-ray vision things I had no recollection of. Like whenever Jet Li like, breaks someone's arm, it goes into like X-ray vision for a second. <laughs> Um, amazing so good that was pretty funny also Aaliyah uh, and Jet Li as a romantic pairing yeah, is just hilarious. fucking iconic but hilarious. I thought that they had chemistry like people w- yeah like I I, yeah. I liked it 
Uh, also, like, I think it was, like, I can't think of another movie that featured an Asian and black male or uh, Asian and black romantic leads. Oh, Correct true. If I'm wrong, but I can't think of another one since then. There, there could be. Um, but I noticed that. I thought that was cool. Uh, um, Nothing see, I like that, mainstream then, like that. Exactly. Exactly. And then I finished Stranger Things. I know last week I was the final holdout. Uh, do we want to give quick thoughts on the season? Skip ahead a little bit if uh, you don't want to hear spoilers, but I'm fairly confident most people have watched it. I was on the slow end. Uh, overall thoughts? Catcher? I'm happy to see the money on the screen. Uh, you made mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. point last week about um, uh, Kenobi and like it looks like trash. And I was like, damn, he was not wrong because I watched a couple more episodes <laughs> and I caught up on that. And that show looks like trash compared to this. Obviously, it's like yeah. two different things. It's like sci-fi and sure. whatever. But there was a scene in Kenobi where it's like there was four extras in the street and it was supposed to be like <laughs> yeah. a busy street. And I was like, what is this? Um, they're like hiding. Yeah. I don't know if I said this last week, but they're like hiding behind. Oh, it's like an outpost. So like we don't need much, but it just like looks like it does. shit. It looks like shit. Um, but otherwise, like, I mean, I feel like it's true to form. Like I thought I at first I thought they'd get out of Russia real quick. And then I was kind of mad oh, that we I were still did. there. Mm. Yeah. And then, but by the end, I was like, okay, like snooze fest. This was going to be, I, you know, it was going to be a season long thing. And I sort of just kind of embraced it by the end, was like, okay, that's, I'm fine with this. And, but overall, the whole thing was cool, was pretty good, I thought. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, a lot, a lot, actually. The only thing I didn't like was the Russia stuff. They could have just done that as one bottle episode and it would have been much mm-hmm. better. I hated going back there because it was just like, I understand they needed like, that was the mostly the comedic relief portion of the of the series, at least with Joyce of the, of the season. Mm-hmm. But I was like, we just need to finish up here because, and like, it doesn't even really tie into the rest of the season exactly. So it could have been one episode, I think, and it would have, I would have enjoyed it much more. But I did really, really like that season, like a lot of cool stuff. I'm curious how the final two episodes are going to be when it comes out in July. Totally. Yeah, uh, totally. Is, is this, because someone the other day told me I should have just Googled it, but I didn't. So now I'm asking you guys, but is this the last season or no? Somebody told me this isn't the last season. There's one more season. So there's okay. two episodes of this season and then one more. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Which makes is sense, good. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm What'd glad that, like, television is starting to learn to just, when it's time to, like, call it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, like, get ahead of it before it gets spoiled because we've mm-hmm. seen, obviously, that happen with so many shows. Um, Stranger Things, honestly, I'm not, like, the biggest and truest fan of this show. Mm. I watch it because it's fun and easy to watch and everybody, it's, I'm, like, a bandwagon fan, I'll admit it. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, I I, ha- I had a lot of fun with the season, for the most part. Honestly, tuned out like all the Russia stuff. Couldn't tell you what happened. And to be honest, like the stuff with Eleven as yes, well. Uh, I kind of I kind of was like, oh, this like is it. a snooze. We've already um, done. We've done, we've spent so much time in the same exact yeah. environment. Like I get that's yeah. what we're trying to do is jump back also, in the past, but it's like we've done this already. Why are we yeah. doing this again and again? Yeah, and she's also, like, such a strong player and, like, is an interesting character. And I, at the beginning of the season when they were doing, like, the setting up the stuff with, like, her and, um, the, Mike. the yeah, that, the scrawny kid. And then, um, you know, I was like, oh, this is super fun. And then they, like, split her out again. And I was like, oh, yeah, because I love when they work as a unit because mm. all the stuff that was going on with the kids that were together was so um, good was fucking awesome uh yeah. so so i loved all it's, of that it's just a consequence of millie bobby brown obviously is the most famous out of all the kids so she was doing other projects and then i'm pretty uh, sure like okay. david harbour was shooting his mcu stuff at the time mm. so they probably had limited time with him um but when i said that to tara she was like netflix makes so much fucking money they could just pay millie bobby brown and David Harbour to do like what they need to do, which is also true. Well, they they uh, actually no, that's the thing is they don't actually make money. They just get money from investors. It's different. Like Netflix isn't actually making 
money. Right, right. Money. But I'm saying, I'm saying, and if they're spending thirty million dollars, podcast. <laughs> That's right. If they're spending thirty million dollars per episode, they can spend thirty-five million dollars per episode yeah. and just make sure Millie Bobby Brown and David Harbor are with everyone. Yeah. You know, totally. Um, but overall, I, I did like it quite a bit. Um, it would probably might might be my third favorite season. I honestly like we didn't rewatch anything, so I can't really remember. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked seasons one and three. Seasons two, I remember not loving as much. So I'd probably like put it third, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, but I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was great for the most part. Um, cool. Shall we get into Let's it? Let's do it. Let's get sad. Uh, all right. <laughs> no. uh, so Manila in the Claws of Light, according to Letterboxd, uh, is about a young fisherman from a provincial village uh, arrives in the capital of Manila on a quest to track down his girlfriend who was lured there with the promise of work and hasn't been heard from since. In the meantime, he takes a low-wage construction job and witnesses life on the streets where death strikes without warning, corruption, and exploitation are commonplace, mm-hmm. and protests hint at escalating civil unrest. So, uh, that's a pretty good description. Good job, whoever wrote that. Um, so, let's get into time machines. <laughs> And travel back to the Philippines circa 1939, where Directo Lino Broca was born. Uh, as a young boy, his father was killed in a political murder. So he and his family had to flee and live with other family members for safety. And what's funny is similar to uh, the main character in Manila in the Clause of Light. Uh, he and his family was actually also abused and like physically and emotionally by the family members who took him in. Um mm. Uh, which is like lightly mentioned in the film, um, but it, it came up and I thought that was pretty interesting. <clears throat> um, he was eventually able to get out uh, and he went to University of the Philippines in Manila um, where he tried joining the drama club. However, he was rejected from the drama club because he had a thick provincial accent and he couldn't speak English that well. Uh, and so as a result, he started watching a ton of American movies to work on both his accent and his English uh, before he finally got into the drama club. Um, after college, he moved to Hawaii, moved to San Francisco, doing things here and there, but decided to go back to the Philippines to pursue filmmaking. So his first film uh, was shot in 1970. It was a commercial success in the Philippines. It was like loosely based off of The Sound of Music. Um, and then from 1970 to 1974, he shot nine, nine movies. Wow. And that gives you a little glimpse into like Filipino films. Like everything is just super popcorny, super low budget, like just churn them out, churn them and burn them. Um, and then in 1974, he decided I'm done making these like soapy films as he called them. I'm going to do something that like really means something. And he went and he shot the first of his, what people say are his three masterpieces. So in 1974, he shot Wade, but found wanting the next year he shot Manila in the cause of light. And the year following that he shot in Sayang, um, which got him a nomination at Cannes, actually. So this trilogy of films were the ones that he wanted to show like a real-life interpretation of Manila and the culture, mm-hmm. um, and this brought him international acclaim and solidified him as what is now regarded as the most important filmmaker in Filipino history. Wow. Um, he used a term or a phrase to say, the loss of human dignity caused by social and social environment were the themes of his films, and that's mm. abundantly clear mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> in Manila in the Claws of Light. Uh, so on Manila in the Claws of Light itself, the film is interesting because it was shot during the Marcos regime. For those who don't know, the Marcos mm. regime were a dictatorship that ran the Philippines into the 70s and most of the 80s. Um, and they even ran the country into martial law. Um, but so he shot this during the regime and during the regime's very strict laws of protest and, pro- and anti-government, you know, they would call it propaganda, but and anti-government messaging, <laughs> uh, that sort of stuff. Broca set the film before the Marcos regime in 1970, uh, so he can kind of get away with a little bit more there. But you can mm-hmm. see little hints and flashes of what was to come along the way, which I thought was super interesting. Um, yeah, so, so that's a little backstory on Manila and the Claws of Light. And before I get to our conversation, um, I thought, you know, with some of these movies where it's a little harder to get people to watch, uh, I, I, want to, I want to figure out a way to get people to get more of a sense of the film also. I don't have a segment name for this yet, but I think this is be something fun and interesting mm-hmm. to put into our maybe less seen films. But 
I went into Letterbox and went into lists that include Manila in the Claws of Light. Oh. And I thought <laughs> there are some pretty fun ones. So first of all, Manila in the Claws of Light is number 225 on the Letterbox Top 250, which I thought was pretty cool. Wow. Um, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some other lists it is on. So uh, 1,001 Films You Must See Before You Die. Um, the Complete Criterion Collection, Beginner's Guide to Global Cinema. So pretty, pretty standard Ooh. affair. And then there are some which really resonated with me. The World is Hell, Hopeless Cinema. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, perfect. That was, that's basically... Lonely, lonely People in Neon Cities. Mm. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Uh, see You at Mao's, The Theory and Praxis of Class Struggle, Class Consciousness, Anti-Imperialism, National Liberation, People's War, Radical Feminism, yes. and Cultural Revolution. What, what, a, what a list. That's quite a list, Dave. They're <laughs> like sense. stuff that'll resonate with the woke people. The list. Out of the closet and out into the cinemas, meeting queer folk in dark rooms. Ooh, cool. Also very appropriate. Yeah, and then uh, underappreciated slash forgotten film movements and periods. So I, I, th I thought that was pretty interesting and fun. Uh, and I imagine mm. if we go into our back catalog, most of our selections have like pretty interesting ties and lists like this. So maybe it's something we can look at we too. Very easily uh, could have paired this with a bunch <laughs> of the movies we've covered in the past for sure. Yes, yeah. I bet. totally. Um, yeah, I thought a blowout immediately mm. was kind of like something along those lines. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm curious as to what you thought because um, you know I think when people think of like. Uh, global cinema that has any sort of like Western adoption, it's like very highbrow in the terms of like it's a Kurosawa or it's like a you know it's a French New Wave film where it's like high quality. Um, mm. But Manila and the Claws of Light was clearly made. I couldn't find the budget, but it was clearly made on very little. Mm -hmm. um, and even the restoration, I kind of warned you too before you watch yeah. it. It wasn't great. Also, should note, um, actually, Martin Scorsese and his World Film Project uh, was in charge of restoring this film, which is very cool. Um, and, not, and not surprising, because pretty clearly Martin Scorsese, I think, was inspired from this movie, mm. or they're definitely partners at the time of, like, filmmaking. Um, but... Uh, There's even a title card, like, at the beginning of the film that kind of explains right. the, the like, restoration. restoration. Yeah. Which I yeah, was the cool. audio, like, it was pretty clear they either, they had one mic for everything because it just, like, it was a lot of, uh, you know, street noise and all sorts of stuff. But I think it did add everything to it. But anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm just curious, like, what you all thought of, like, seeing, you know, just, like, just purely, like, the looks of everything and, and how, it, how it worked in, on that sense. Boom. Well, I mean, it worked really well for mm -hmm. me like you even kind of pre-warned about like the audio and all of that but honestly I didn't find it to be a distraction mm. I actually thought it lended quite well to the film because it's I don't know this film I obviously love this movie it's very aligned with like you know the way I, I not see the world exactly but I don't know, just like with my interest in like the things that I kind mm -hmm. of, you know, are interested in believe I, I like interest in exactly. And I just yeah. And I think the fact that it isn't like super highbrow and it is very, um, you know, <laughs> budget oriented, yeah. but it were. But it's like it, it gives it a very for the people, like by the people mm -hmm. vibe, mm. you know, f for lack of sounding like cheesy, but totally. it's very true. And you kind of feel like you're there almost yeah. like some of the sounds like really do envelop you. And you're just like, oh, like this is like pretty rad. Um, yeah, it, it feels like a documentary in. A, yeah like, and even the dark bits like there's certain parts where they're just like in a mm -hmm. dark room or like when he was he's at the cinema with um Lagaya the girl and Lagaya <laughs> sorry I was gonna make a joke about the girl the girl um and I thought it all looked great to be honest like yeah you know? Yeah, I think if it got like a proper like true 4K thing and they could have made like the colors pop and all sort of stuff. But even even so, I like I really liked like the, the you know, the grittiness, quote unquote, of it. But 
it is like people like I, I wrote this in Letterboxd. Like people love to say like, oh, I love like a gritty '70s movie. This is like the grittiest <laughs> movie you're gonna probably yeah. watch, uh, and not by design. I mean, uh, by design, but also by like necessity. Mm. You know, like uh, yeah, uh, catcher. Yeah, no, that's a great. I it really does like really fall in line with like those like yeah the '70s sort of crime crime mm -hmm. movies you know i think mm -hmm. you even mentioned sort of like taxi driver which is like it was yeah. just like not it's not taxi driver but like it's it's interesting in that it's sort of tackling similar things but coming at it from like a different angle which i loved a softer yeah. angle which i just appreciated and i guess maybe that was part of getting it made maybe like maybe mm -hmm. it was an easier sell like oh this is a love story between two people and then you know, throughout this movie, we get inserted all these little bits of uh, sort of anti-establishment and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, society is breaking us down slowly but surely. Um, so these sort of themes. And I appreciate that. And and the look, honestly, like, it I didn't really feel that turned off, like, shocked by the look. I, I, like, the cinematography is great. Like, maybe they didn't have a mm -hmm. huge budget, but... yeah it sets such a vibe there's such a tone um and yeah. even like some of the edit like the choices in editing were cool yeah. like maybe yeah. maybe a slightly clunky at times mm -hmm. but i think like we've watched a lot of movies that have basically you know played in similar spaces that i really like i really loved it for that for that reason where it was just trying for something it clearly had a strong vision and like a yes. strong vision can get you through tight tough such tight situations like with regarding budget and stuff like that if you really know what you're aiming for you can get mm -hmm. something on screen if you have a strong vision i feel like it'll pull it all together and in this case it like it really does that really does yeah that. the love like there's the melodrama the love story the crime and all of that the things that are going on and then there's the city mm -hmm. which is a character yeah. mm -hmm. you know <laughs> you don't want to be the one to yeah, say it, it but is. it's yeah, yeah. true. And, and, and the lead character um, and the city are like tip for tat. Mm -hmm. Like, and the and it's the way it's shot and the, the like emotion that's portrayed and and you know the way things are. The I don't know. It's just it. It was yeah. Is super I cool. Think, I, th yeah. I think what strikes me, and this could be just because obviously I, I mean, I've been to Manila a whole bunch of times. I'm like very aware of like what it's like over there and sort of what Filipino culture is like. And like as I was watching this, you know, and again, bringing up like people like the gritty crime or the gritty like dirty city, you know, New York, LA romance movies that kind of come out. And like uh, yeah. a lot of those movies like romanticize sort of like, oh, like they make people feel like, oh man, like, I wish I could have been back when New York was tough, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. that's kind of the mm -hmm. vibe a lot of these movies give. Um, but I, something about this movie just like made me like deeply sad mm -hmm. for obvious reasons, other than like the obvious reasons, yeah. but just because like, that's just like how it is. Mm -hmm. it, like even today, yeah. like obviously there's been a lot of like growth in the Philippines in, in a lot of ways, but like, a lot of that is still today. Like the slums where they lived in is very much still there. It's like the most populated part of Manila, actually, the, the Tondo slums, which I, I believe there he lives in for portions of times. Um, and so it's like when I'm watching it, it's like not the, the rush you kind of get from watching a movie like like a Taxi Driver or um, even like Lion, I think was kind of like had that same sort of feeling. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that necessarily rush because it was like just like so depressing mm. <laughs> because the the way yeah. they capture like the dog eat dogness of all these poor people who are trying to do anything to get out in one way or another yeah. is just like was just so brutal to watch. And I think it's because like the way it was shot, totally. it's like just just feels so like you're a part of it. Like nothing was on a set. You're they're in the streets, you know, it, it, it just had that kind of. Like, did they sneak onto a construction site? But there's this... Like, how did they even shoot that? That's how it felt. You know what I mean? Like, f that's the vibe you get, which was, hey, like... I actually thought the same thing. Yeah, like, you're just like, where where did this set come from? Like you said, it wasn't made for much money, but 
these guys are clearly at a construction site. Like, how did you yeah. make this? And but like you said, it l- lends itself to the reality of what you're watching. There is this mm-hmm. amazing um, sequence. Well, not sequence. A line. Um, there's a there's like an an accident that happens at the construction mm-hmm. site, and uh, yeah. our main character sort of works for mm-hmm. very little money, and then is like actually paid even less. Um, yeah. And there's a death that happens at the construction site. And, um, you know, they're sort of dealing in the aftermath of that. And one of the characters, they're asking, I guess, like, what will happen with the body? And one of the mm-hmm. characters says something like, well, it'll be at the morgue. And if no one comes to pick it up, they'll just sell it to the school, to a school, like, for, like as a cadaver. And it yeah. just, that just, to me, just said everything about what was happening there, which was like, even as, even as you were dead, you, your body is just used for other, like, just for other stuff, like. This the city yeah. will just churn you out and like use every bit of you until you're gone for its own like propulsion and moving movement moving forward like it's just this this town will advance you know on the backs mm. and on of the on the of the bodies of people like you know I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying but yeah no it totally does. like that Absolutely. was the vibe and that lines to me just perfectly summed that up of just like God yeah there's just no winning like you will just never win it doesn't matter even when you are winning you're not even getting paid enough because they're taking (laughs) half of your money or what you know it's just like it was that in in a weird way was brutal yeah but it still finds like like there's such a harshness to it but it still finds the 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 softness mm-hmm. and the power in the way that like people interact with each other in these spaces and the way that even though sometimes we see them like taking advantage of each other we see them taking mm-hmm. care mm-hmm. of each other we see like a city on the brink of like proletarian rev- revolution mm-hmm. we see and like and all this stuff is shown so subtly mm-hmm. so it's like the city is just happening happening at mm-hmm. this character but everything that needs to be said about it and what's going on is stated so boldly that it's just like yeah i don't know when it's the, insane when the reality like, of your um, life is that it sucks and it's clear that like things are being done to you it's it's you don't have to go far to show when like just the matter of factness of the reality is enough to like mm-hmm. put that point across you know you don't have to make a metaphor it's just like no i'll just show you what it's like to live at the you know a day-to-day life in this place Mm -hmm. and you tell me how you feel and if you feel like shit it's because of the reality of the world not because of any story i'm trying to tell yeah yeah the like something that's also very interesting like about the movie and kind of what boom is saying is that like you know julio the main character he's just not like dragged across the dirt the whole time he has like a bunch of people who like do help him like his fellow uh construction workers and even like the male prostitutes who he meets like they're all trying to help each other and what's interesting to me about all that is that the philippines is is still like this but like at the time deeply deeply homophobic um because it is such a catholic country i I think it's like the most catholic Mm -hmm. country like in the world like per capita so deeply deeply homophobic country um obviously like every country the uh uh you know, um, stereotypes and sort of fears against like poor people and sort of stuff. Um, and it's interesting that those people who are like generally the ones maligned in the actual Philippines are the ones being the most helpful, mm. you know, th- 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 does that Always. make sense? Yeah. Which I guess is like the case in like a lot of movies like this, but I thought that was like super interesting to, to see as well, because like a lot of Filipino movies and, real, and, real, and real life, life. that's what well. I mean. Right. Like, yeah there there was always like this statistic that like the less money you have the more likely you are to give it to other people like the richer you Mm -hmm. get less and less money you end up giving out to other people or you know know, just because once you've got it you want to hold on to it but when you are poor it's like you understand that people can even be poorer than you are at that time you know and you know what it's like to be in that situation and so everyone is just like doing their best to help everyone and like you said, all the characters are just embodying this idea of like, we got to just, we got to do this together. Otherwise yeah. we're not going to get out. And yeah, yeah, that was nice. Which also, yeah, it also lines like, I don't know if you two watch, watched Anthony Bourdain, but he does a really great episode where he goes to the Philippines mm. um, in one and like his big takeaway, which I obviously like 
love is that he says like Filipinos are the most friendly people he's met in the in the world. Mm. Like everyone's, you know, there's that scene that in this movie in particular where they go visit their friend, um, one of their friends in construction, uh, he got in a fight with like the the foreman and they believe the foreman murdered him. Um, and mm-hmm. they go to her, his sister's house and his sister, when they come in, she insists on like making them eat and like offering them Feeding food them. to eat, yeah. which is like super, super Filipino. You know, if you ever go to any Filipino's house, they'll like make you like my grandma like force you to eat like five plates of food mm-hmm. before you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. And so that I thought was also just like a really cool way to sort of show the culture that even if like they're on their worst luck, she's alone with her, you know, paralyzed father now that that is still important to them. And then, of course, they follow up with that scene where like the whole, you know, portion of the city like gets burned to the ground and they don't even know. Like, like who made it out alive, all sort yeah. of stuff, which was like insane. Um, totally. And I think just to like double down on this a little mm-hmm. bit, um, just with all the talk and kind of, I don't know, like the way we talk about things today and like the way, way we'll look at a film like this and be like, this shit's happening now. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like. Like, we got to do this and we got to take down the government and all this. And, you know, and we talk about it a whole lot and it's like, "Mm, like, what are we doing? And you see things like this and it kind of like reminds you that like this is how it's done. Like, I know that this film, I know the characters in this film are getting their asses kicked constantly (laughs) by like by life, by people and, 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 and the forces at large. But I think like the thing that we've lost touch of for the most part is that like we need to take care of each Mm. other because now we all live in these like little bubbles where we can like yell at the top of our lungs and feel like we've we've done our job and feel like we're good people and still be sad about being poor but it's like (laughs) i don't know we're not actually like looking Mm -hmm. out for each other and like doing things that are going to make a difference and and really pushing right like and fighting for what you believe in like this is like i mean the heart of this film is like a a melodramatic love story Mm -hmm. but it's like this guy believes in love Mm -hmm. like and he is and and he knows something is wrong and and he will stop at nothing to like find this woman and make her safe and still finds time to take care of people along Mm. the way and be taken care of and it's just like i i found a lot of empowerment in it like it's just strong. Yeah, strong. I think the thing with the with the movie and why sort of the the heaviness of it is more easily digestible up until basically like the end is yeah he brings such like a um I don't want like innocence you know and and a, and, yeah. a, and a heart like he's full of love you know and he just wants to get mm. you know find his woman and he's just got. There's a certain level of, yeah, like innocence to him. And so, but it part of that innocence allows him to sort of like find himself into all these different situations. Um, and so there's like a levity that he brings. Like, obviously, what's happening is tough, but he's sort of everything is about finding this woman. So he's fine to sort of allow himself to be in these situations that maybe other people wouldn't allow themselves to be in order to get, you know, for the end goal. And so it's sort of light and, and, the thing that kills you is he's he's so full of light and the, as the film progresses there's these little moments where he's realizing that the city has ch- is changing him and making him harder and like at, mm-hmm. at the film ends at this point mm-hmm. where it's like okay that transition has now f- like finished like he is now you know he has now been swallowed up by like ev- like by so many others by this city and the way of life there um and it's like turned him into something else and that's what sort of land so heavy at the end is like oh okay this really happened like yeah it, it we we it took this thing from him yeah yeah uh and and that's what i really thought of like lahan mm. um uh, there are so many parallels i think between those two movies about you know and, and like boys in the hood like i mean so many movies where the characters are dropped you're dropped into this world where characters are mostly doing the best that they can like in their current situations and it just ends like there's sometimes there are just too many forces upon people to where like as hard as they try they just end up like in these circles of like 
you know, being held down by various situations. And, and I, I, I thought that was the, the ending was super powerful mm-hmm. to, to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, because before I get to that, I guess, like, what did you think of Julio, the, the main character? I know Boom has gave a lot of thoughts. Catcher, what about I you? Really, I loved him. Like, I just, you empathize with him immediately. Like, you really are on this journey with him right away. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's something in his face or something. I don't know. But it's just like, you you just, you want good for him. He's like a sad puppy, mm-hmm. maybe, I guess. Like, and all <laughs> the characters sort of treat him as such, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what his acting chops are, but like for this movie, it worked. It, he worked really well, really well. Yeah, he's he's um, what's his name? Bembel Rocco, Rocco. He's a, I mean, he's still acting today, I guess, based big on his. Star. Um, but yeah, I think he, he was a pretty big star at the time be, because of this Amazing, movie, yeah. obviously. Um, and then uh, the woman who plays Ligaya, Hilda Coronel, she's definitely like a, definitely was like a big star. Um, yeah, she's top build over yeah, him. Yeah, and she's which I found interesting. Yeah, she had been acting a little bit before him, and yeah, won you know Filipino film awards and all that sort of stuff. So her like bi- definitely her big scene in the hotel was mm-hmm. amazing. Like, yeah, it totally oh, just yeah. like you don't you don't you only get to see her for in these like weird flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't really get a whole grasp on like who she is. Um, just his idealized sort of version yeah. of her. You know she's been sent off to be put into a, a bad situation. You just don't know what. And when she just, uh, I kind of knew. Well, right yeah, from but you can take off the specifics. Like, yeah, no, like for sure. Trying. I just mean in terms oh, of the okay, specifics. Like you know she's been sent there, and it's a, right. you know it's not as truthful. Uh, you know it's not as good as as they're selling it. But just to hear like what's happened to her and everything that's gone on, and you're just like, my God! And then she just lays it out for him, uh, and you're just like, at first you're kind of like, okay, well, she was in sex trafficking. Well, guess what? Like he was working as a sex worker, so it's okay. Like she's gonna feel like you're not good enough for her, and it'll be fine. Right. But they can still right. be together. And you're uh, for me, I was like grasping onto that idea of like, but it's okay. You you've done sex work. He's done everything. Is gonna be okay. Don't. Worry. And then you're like, oh no, it's. No, yeah. she's never get. This is never. This is never gonna be. Um, yeah, and you just feel for her story is just so sad and depressing. And but again, a glimpse yeah, into the reality. Yeah, when she drops that bomb, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, how much more can they mm-hmm. pile on to the story? Uh, yeah. I was like, "Holy shit!" I, like, comp- and then take notes, you <laughs> <laughs> Like that complete. I like did not expect that because i thought like the movie from there i i didn't know it was going to end like just sad um and so i thought from there we were going to get to get a turn maybe we get like a revenge moment which i guess we We do in a sense but when they dropped that i was like oh man i guess they're just not taking the pedal off yeah like you know the foot off the gas like this is just how this movie's gonna go so yeah really intense i was just like oh I guess I, I, I don't like, it's weird because I kind of want to talk about it, but like, I don't want to get into it further. Like, if you haven't seen it, just go and watch it. And yeah. I think it's like, but it is, it is kind of like, it's a lot at the end, but yeah. Earns its way there. Like, it doesn't just sort of get dark at the end, for, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel empty. Like, it feels oddly earned. So, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, like, none of the sad beats of the film feel like they're there for shock value it all just like makes sense, yeah. you know, as, as sad as that is, but like there's things that happen along the way, just be like, uh, well, I guess, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and I'm sure a lot of people watching at the time, the reason it was so like embraced and like, you know, by like the film world and like the art culture, the art society in the Philippines is because they were like, it's about time some movie came out like this. Like all the Filipino movies I watched growing up were just so over, like very fun to watch, like super over the top, like very Bollywood-esque boom, I think, like since you just had RRR, like crazy oh, yeah. action movies, over the top heroes and like love stories and over the top comedies and all sort of stuff. Um, and so this must have just come like out of like fucking nowhere, um, you know, and, 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 it, and it makes sense to me why it sort of had like the effect it did on, on you know, the culture at the time. Um, any other characters y'all liked? I really liked um, Bobby, who was the the callboy or, or the male prostitute. 
Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go boom. I'm sure you. Oh, I. Well, yeah. I just 100 percent agree with you, and also, um, just you know, Braca coming from like a very. And he was he was uh he was gay himself, Lino Braca. Queer. Also, yeah. Yeah, and just kind of, I mean, obviously there's so much discourse in the way, like, sex work is mm-hmm. represented in film. Um, and, you know, these are recent conversations, so I think when you think of films that came out in, like, the 50s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. they're kind of a write-off, you know? We're just like, yeah, we're not getting good representation right. there. Um, whereas I felt like this the perspective um in which like these characters and even like the brothel Uh for lack of a better word is introduced um was very wholesome and again matter of fact Mm -hmm. you know like not sugarcoating it but also just representing it with a thoughtfulness and element of care that isn't always doesn't always happen Huge for the seventies. Mm-hmm. I, I know, the, like you know, yeah. things are and things are times. Yeah. Huge for the seventies. Huge for the Philippines. Yeah. Huge for now. Yeah. To be yeah. honest, like so, some um, of the kindest, most like considerate people in the movie take place in those few scenes. Like, yes. even just like yeah. in the room, like even like he's you know he's hired by this I guess like regular customer of this brothel. Mm-hmm. And like with his hilarious dog, right? With the dog, the dog don't like the, the, like don't bite his. It feet. looked like it was dead, dead almost. It also seemed like yeah. there was like some tongue in cheek humor going on that like maybe Lino was like kind of yeah. winking, you know, behind the camera, being like, "If you know, right. you fucking yeah. know," yeah. um, which was good. And yeah, it was like very, it it was chill. But then there were also like some parts that were like kind of scary, and you felt concerned mm-hmm. for. Um, like Julio's safety, um, but I, but that, but, yeah, but I like I the was... idea that like that 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 regular customer. I feel like in another movie, they would have made him scarier. You yes. know, like oh, 100%. here's a really dangerous mm-hmm. situation he's in, and it's like no, this is just like a this is just a nice moment, like you know, being shared by two people that like sure, who this isn't like this isn't what Julio wants to be doing. You know, this is not a life choice that necessarily he wants, but like at least it. it it could, I feel like it could have been more sensationalized, and it, it wasn't, and I liked that. Even Bobby, that first night, Julio stays with Bobby, Ooh. and he sees Bobby with a client. Bobby's like, I'm not queer, but look at this apartment I live in. Look at this food we're eating. Like, I can, you know, this doesn't bother me because I'm getting to live a life of comfort, you know. That that apartment's the nicest apartment we see in the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, true. Yeah, you know, and that meal he has like I took a look. I noticed the meal he has like five eggs. Mm, you know, yeah. he has a spoon and fork. I think they had meat on the table, like all this sorts of stuff that you see nowhere else. Um, which I thought was you know, super super interesting. Anything else? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, well, oh, there's one other thing. Oh, yeah. oh go ahead. No, go ahead. I was. No, it might make sense for the last question, but just like, what do you think happens after after the like how what happens after the thing goes out like the film stops i'm assuming that's the last of it that that's no but how i guess more importantly because my thought was he there's a it's there's a shot where it shows the ice pick again and i Mm. had a i part of me felt like maybe he does it to himself instead of allowing them to take him Yes. That he he goes out yeah. on his own terms versus yeah. letting the city take him, like, which I you know, it's quite powerful actually. Like like that's yeah, I agree. And the idea that it's sort of left ambiguous was interesting. Like it was just like okay, do they, is it him or is it them? And I think depending on yeah. you know what, the answer that you have for that I think says a lot about like what the movie is about. Yeah, you're right. He does like look at it a couple times and yeah. like it cuts to like his neck and all sort of stuff. That's right. Yeah. I I, I love how that ending worked. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was great. Same. Um uh let me see here. Yeah, the 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 last thing I wanted just to mention that I thought was interesting is that um uh Lino Braca put in a bunch of like if you speak to Gallo, very clear, like obvious names for the characters, but I thought it was interesting. Um, Lagaya, the girlfriend, um, her name is Lagaya Pariso, which basically means like joyful paradise, which I thought was very clear. Um, 
uh, and then like someone like Mrs. Cruz uh, means cross. And so he, Braca said it meant to be like that she's carrying the burden that she like brings young girls into prostitution. So even in, uh, in that case, like he has sympathy for her as well, which is like, yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah. So there are things like that, which I thought was like, you know, very delicate and thought of, which is insane. Can, I mean, this is based off a book, but I know he did make changes from the book. Um, but just more that he turned out these movies back to back to back. Um, I actually started in Sayong um, after this. It's the only other movie of his you can find streaming. It's like the third of the trilogy I talked about. Much heavier so, so far, really? which is hard oh, to wow. say. It is definitely like where I think there's a lot of, at least so far, where I think there's a lot of hopefulness in like Boom called out in Manila in the Closet Light in Siong. I'll see where it goes. Seemingly does not have that as much of a perspective, um, mm. but it's it's... It's also like clearly he had more money to do this next film um, because you can just tell the quality of everything is like much better. Um, and yeah, I'm very, very excited to, to finish it up. I'll, like, I'll let you just know. Great respect for artists. Of, I mean, of any medium, like willing mm -hmm. to make art in this fashion when it's so tough to make, like especially because it was happening during, during the regime. During the regime yeah. You know, it's like that's... Oh, you have to give it up to artists who are doing that because it's mm -hmm. people like that that like give hope in bad situations to be like, okay, no, we can like persevere when you can see you know stories like this and th and themes like this like in the art that you consume if you can like yeah so wow yeah Braca went on to direct sixty eight movies amazing um, man yeah and then he he died unfortunately at fifty two he died in a car accident oh shit. Um, I guess I I looked it up. He was swerving out of the way to like avoid a pedestrian mm -hmm. on a bike, mm -hmm. and so to me it was like it's like poetic where like he dies, uh, you know, mm -hmm. avoid trying to save another life, yeah. you know, which which uh, seems to be a theme in in at least the way he perceives the world as like something that's important to him. So I thought that was a, a, yeah. a poetic way. Um, anything else? Boom catcher. Go to our categories. Yeah, I think that's a good time. No, but I love this movie a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I'm excited to check check out his other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And also, I agree with you. Like, I feel like we've done so many movies um, that would already, like, warrant parents yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, like, La Anne, Blowout, for my sure. My own part of Idaho, even. A Akira. Oh, yeah, my own part of Idaho, yeah. definitely. Yeah, Akira. Yeah. yeah. Just lots lots of themes there. Even, um, even honestly, sure even, of, like, The lot Hero. Of themes. And yeah, you know, like I thought yeah. it was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. There's like some interesting, like, you know, jump backs and you know, and that sort of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, let's get to our categories. Uh, and as I say that, I'm not even sure <laughs> what my parent's gonna be. So maybe I'll let you two go first, and we'll oh, see. Damn. But before we get to that, um, let's go to our uh, criterion moment, which is uh, the moment or sequence in which we believe the film. Uh, warrants addition Ooh. to the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Um, I guess I will go first since I want to go last for the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I had a I had a bunch, um, but for me it was the scene that I talked about earlier where um they go to visit the friend, uh, who's who the sister of the friend who died, and she is offering them food. Mm. Um, that was just super powerful to me that like really resonated with me personally. Um, it's not like a particular flashy scene, but I think it just says so much about Filipinos and the culture um, that it just like really, really stuck, stuck out to me. Um, and then even on top of that, uh, uh, in addition to them, her wanting to give them food, these guys are like giving her money and wanted to go back and give her more money. And we know these guys are getting paid two pesos on the day mm. if they're lucky. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just, it just says a lot. So that that's, you know, that was it for Agreed. me. Um, oh, can I go next? Yeah. Boom says <laughs> she has a pairing, so that'll give me time. Um, <laughs> so my scene sequence is uh, relates actually back to the scene that I was talking about earlier, which was like the construction site scene where that mm. uh, that uh, construction worker is killed, and uh, there's this character. So the guy who's killed. Um, you find out that he is an aspiring singer and he spends most yes. of the most of his time on screen like singing. And he, I think he's got like a song book or something that he's singing from. And mm -hmm. um, 
So he's killed and, you know, his body is taken away and um, he's actually killed singing. So the book that he was holding is flown from his hand and another construction worker finds it and picks it up mm-hmm. and starts looking at it and basically like drops it on the ground and it gets covered in soot and like construction workers walk over it and then there's wheelbarrows mm-hmm. and it just gets covered and it just was beautiful s- symbology of this idea that you know everyone was making fun of this guy they're like oh he thinks he's going to be a singer as if but he had this like certain ounce of hope that he might be able mm-hmm. to escape the thing that he was trying to escape from and here was like the symbol of that that this guy was like picked up almost as like a oh maybe this could be me and then mm-hmm. immediately being like that's a stupid idea the idea of even having hope and then throws it mm. on the ground and it is just covered by the const- the work like construction work and it, it was just a perfect symbol for this movie of just mm. you know like don't yeah. dare have hope because th- we will take it from you. like this city will take it from you you know this society will take it from you and that's yeah depressingly sad but fun fact about that book oh yes um, <clears throat> the, the song book filipinos people know love fucking love karaoke it's like a <laughs> oh, national a pastime <laughs> i have yeah national pastime um i have hundreds of those little books at my house of like filipino pop songs and like american pop songs where it's literally just, they're just lyric books sometimes they have like the melody on piano um but it, when i saw that i was like oh my god that's funny that's amazing those. uh boom $1,000 for this. Sorry, 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 sorry. Boom keeps getting hit with I'm pornography trying. ads on her phone. Stand up. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm trying. laughs> um, sorry, I was just trying to switch over to this, the Senonauts mm, Instagram yeah. su- successfully, but it wasn't working for me. Um, My criterion moment. Man, like... Probably um, Lagaya's monologue when mm. when they find each other, mm-hmm. um, or that whole like sequence, like them finding each other, him approaching her in church, them going into the th- the theater, or it's like some sort of um, like tourist thing, mm-hmm. right? And, but it's like there's like a movie playing, um, and then you know them like sleeping together mm-hmm. and then having that like really tough conversation where she kind of like confesses what has happened to her. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was just all very great. Yeah. All very powerful. Um, and as much as I loved all the like kind of political and social undertones of this film, I also did love the, the through line with the, with the love story yeah, like i yeah. thought it was lit yeah. and it and it was kind of soapy and like yeah. you know even though it was like super depressing um like the flashbacks of her so like, like the sun behind her on the beach and all that sort of exactly. stuff exactly yeah. like all of those elements were kind of working and they all they all work together but yeah. yeah so nice that would be mine so those were our criterion moments and now we're going to get to our satellite picks um and these next three movies are movies we thought of, um, they maybe, we think they're related to Manila and the Cause of Light. They're inspired by it in one way or another. Themes are similar, all that sorts of stuff. Um, and these next three picks will uh, determine our next month uh, of episodes. So, Catcher, since you're going to have the next episode, what is your pick? Okay, quite a journey I went on. Um, I wanted to do a, uh, another f- a movie from the Philippines. That was my initial idea. So I talked to a few friends of mine and got some really great suggestions. But the one I wanted is unavailable. Mm. So which one? Uh, Metro Manila, it's called. Yeah. I think you actually you my... have it on your wa- uh, watch list, Ian, I think as well. It is. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that's really tough to find. Yeah. So I just, if you can find it one way or another, wink, wink, it might be mm-hmm. worth checking out. I was told it's fantastic. It seemed to have won some awards and stuff. So I would say check yeah. that out if you can't. Then I thought as like a funny pairing that we actually might do. I might suggest solo because (laughs) honestly, not. Yeah. Yes. You see what I'm saying? It would be kind of I do see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. That's not that one. And uh, so that kind of was like, I was like, God, that what a great whatever. Um, But I thought maybe I might. I'll just leave it for Ian because I know how much you, you genuinely like it. 
I'm doing a chill pairing this time, so feel free to take on the energy. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Um, <laughs> so in that way, I think I will maintain the unhinged, but um, I'm going to pick a movie that I have not seen before, but has been on my list for a really long time. Um, it was uh, talked about on a podcast from like a best of years list a few years ago. A film called Ash is Purest White. Uh, it is a film that came out a few years ago, and basically, uh, it's a, I believe it's set in China, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a woman, uh, she has a boyfriend, there's a, uh, like a little bit of a skirmish or something happens outside a bar, something like that. I'm trying to avoid like too much like spoilers yeah, yeah, yeah. for myself as well, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. there's like a thing, and um, she basically takes the rap for shooting a firearm and mm. is sent to jail. Interesting. Um, okay. And then I don't know what happens after that, but <laughs> apparently it's fantastic. And the little bit I've read is sort of this idea of sort of being consumed by the city. Nice. Um, so I'm very excited because I've really wanted to watch this. Uh, you can see it on Canopy uh, as well as I think Amazon uh, Prime has it. I'm not sure. Yep. In the U.S. And it looks like you can rent it on iTunes as well. So, so yeah, yeah, Canopy, you can get it for free as long as you have a library card. Uh, Canopy with a K. Uh, you can uh, you can watch it there. So Ash nice. is purest white. Or Solo or both, you know. <laughs> uh, boom, your turn. You guys should have seen Boom's eyes oh when when Catcher teased Solo. Oh, I really, I like, want to do it. But, like, I, I don't know. I've just... I actually really like Solo. Um, no, sorry, I'm excited for the this film. Um, do we want? Do we want to just... add a fourth movie for this cycle just yes. to have an excuse to cover Solo? Yes. Just do we want to make solo? that executive decision? I will, listen, yes, yeah. yes, I will say that a hundred percent. Yes. Okay. Should we do it next week, or should we do it later? Do we let's end, end it with, with solo? solo? Okay. 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 We will end. With oh, solo. amazing! Yes. Oh, great. Solo. <laughs> We are unbound oh my here at God. We do what we, we no want rules. here. Listen. Yep. And Catcher listing every single pairing Classic. that he put, came into his mind finally Pays off. came to yeah. fruition. <laughs> Proud this is my of you, new buddy. Thing. We did Context it. Context is everything. So. <laughs> uh, boom. What is your pick? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm so fucking excited. Is it um, Romeo plus Juliet? No, but I can. You should have. I thought about it too. Not good. I know. Um, but I have already talked, spoken about that film in in podcast mm-hmm. in the podcasting world. But, um, so this is a film that I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, definitely want to cover this on Cinenauts. Um, and I feel like this is the perfect way to do it. Ooh. Um. So I picked 1980 uh, Babylon. Ooh. No way. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I'm thrilled because I watched this and I like instantly put it on my top four. I, I actually rewatched it recently just because it's been sporadically put on and off of the Criterion channel. Oh, okay. So. Watch it uh, ASAP because it might just disappear, mm-hmm. but like we'll be covering it in two two weeks, I guess. Um, and it's, I don't know, like narratively different and, and we'll find, but there's a lot of similarities and there's also like shots in this film um, that I would say like mirror mm. shots in, in Manila and the Cause of Light. Like they look very similar. So... Um, and for multiple reasons, we'll get into it later, but I'm so fucking stoked, uh, cause I absolutely love this movie. So, and I'm really excited for you two to watch it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Five banger from you, five banger from Sophie, five banger from Chuck. Lots of praise. Omar suplex four yeah. and a half. I had mm. a sneaking suspicion. This was like sort of the avenue you'd go boom. And I'm really stoked that you did this. I'm really excited. Nice. It was either that or Gong Girl. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> would never. Would never. Um, my pick uh, that I came across while sort of looking through this list. Um, also, one of my favorite movies. I think this is actually in Tara's like top five favorite movies ever. Um, 
so many similar themes. Um, but I think, yeah, so many similar themes. I don't want to talk about too much if people haven't seen it. Uh, it is 2017's The Florida Project. Nice. Um, nice. Ooh. One of, yeah, the movie completely changed me when I watched it for the first time when it came out in 2017. Um, so many similar themes about people in situations and how they try and get out of them in very various different ways. Oh my gosh. Uh, just really an unbelievable movie. Um, I Sweet. have either of you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I've seen Tangerine oh, okay. and yeah. I've like Florida project has been on my list for a long time because I love I even yeah. considered I, Tangerine I, as well. Actually, that was another one. That yeah. I was like, mm, maybe. Yeah. Sean Baker, the director seems to enjoy sort of the similar themes here too. So, um, yeah, available on uh, to rent. Sorry, uh, only rent at least here in the states on iTunes and Amazon. Um, Sweet, awesome. So okay, so for the next four weeks, we'll do Ash is purest white, which is catcher's pick next week. Then we'll go into Babylon, and then the Florida Project, and then we'll wrap it all up with Solo. Amazing. Oh, I'm so that, excited. Oh fuck. That is how we do it here at Cinenauts. Uh, a wild ride. Boom. Please say there's some tea. Oh my god! I hope after I subjected you guys to <laughs> earn a thousand dollars, ads, right? Whatever in takes one to no one. Um, <laughs> sorry, I asked everybody what their favorite international film is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we've been keeping it international mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. um, so Alt J twenty five said Mustang 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, M. Detz, mm -hmm. M. D. E. T. S. Um, True Memoirs of an International Assassin 2016. Mm, I've not seen that. That's a classic Matt Dedish pick, though. Listen to their oh, podcast nice. or his podcast with um, my friends Rocco and Alex. Um, the oh, Never cool. Ending Movie Marathon. I need to get those guys. I can tell them to come on a show soon. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Dirk Feelgood, One Cut of the Dead. Mm, not heard of that one. And then Catcher. I knew Catcher <laughs> was going to say this one. But honestly, how could you? But like yeah. true, 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 true. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on mm. Fire. And also Woman in the Dunes, mm, which we covered. That's right. Nice pick. On this here podcast. So. Oh, I was like, thank you, Boom, for persevering through all this. Yeah. And th Dude, thank you, listeners, for not letting her down. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for not letting my question be a flop. Yeah. Also, I feel like it was also proximity because I was, like, panic posting after work. Sure. So I'm like, you know what? I'll get it to you a little earlier, guys. Nice. We can do that we in the coming weeks. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, like we said, next week is Ash of the Purest White, followed by Babylon, then the Florida Project, and Solo. Um... In the meantime, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we appreciate all Ciao. of you. Boomcatcher. Bye. Bye. Bye.